0: What's up, what's up, Set Apart fam? I'm your host, Jamie Lynn Walnow, and if you are joining me for the first time, welcome. It's such an honor to see this family grow and to connect with all of you. And one way that we can connect more is if you go subscribe, share this, leave a written review, message me, leave a comment on my Instagram or my Facebook page so that I know that you're listening, and let me know what do you want to hear more about on Living a Life Set Apart? This podcast was created to empower you in every sphere of influence to live a life set apart. Today, I interviewed my dad. I love my dad. His name is Tim Spires, and he discusses developing a resilient faith. What I love about this is that my dad has done this over time, and he's authentic about his journey and what's going on, but he's an anointed teacher. He has a gift of teaching, and he has... Uh, He's a Bible scholar. He understands the Word. He can unfold it like nobody's business, like it is a business, and paint a beautiful picture for us to be able to understand what the Word is saying in the context of when the Word was written. So, you're in for a treat. So, without further ado, let's hop on in. And just to let you know, this was a live recording that I did on Facebook with him. And so you may hear us talking to the crowd a little bit, but my hope is that you're empowered, that you're encouraged to develop a resilient faith in the baseline of Jesus Christ in the word. Love you guys.
1: Have created
0: for every sphere of influence to just empower men and women who are living a life set apart. And so I don't ever really go live, and I've decided to start going live for my set apart podcast as often as I can. So um, while you're hopping on, please share for those of you who are watching right now on Facebook or YouTube. Share this with your friends. I have the honor and privilege of interviewing my father. My dad, D Diddy, <laughs> as he is in my phone. I was looking for you on Facebook today, and I typed in D Diddy. Yeah. And I was like, nobody. didn't um, No, you did it. Oh. <laughs> you did it. But this is Tim Spires, and my dad uh, has a powerful gift of teaching. So I know that what he's bringing today, that has to do with being set apart, is really powerful. And my dad has owned multiple businesses, and I've always seen my father give and serve others. Before himself, and I've just seen him, his character shine through every moment and every bit of any persecution that's come your way. You've always stood rooted in the Word of God, and you've always encouraged me to do the same. And so I'm excited for people to hear from you.
2: Well, thank you, Jamie. I'm honored to be on your podcast. I've, I've always loved the name "set apart." Um, biblically, it's a religious term mm-hmm. called sanctification. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, it's Used mostly from um, worship in the temple. Different utensils that were used uh, for worshiping God were sanctified. In other words, now they were set apart and to be used in the worship of God. Right. And we as Christians, when we become a new creation, God sanctifies us. Right. And we are set apart now to worship God. When the world stops working for us and we get tired of that, mm mm-hmm god creates us new yes and now we are empowered and set apart to worship him and Mm -hmm. so anybody out there that's that's seeking to be set apart uh i hope we can share some things with you tonight that help you get there and stay there
0: yeah and i'm sharing this to my facebook so our family can see it um i agree and i think that's the key too like i mean growing up I mean, you—you you saw you, you and I talked all the time. I still remember laying on your bed and talking to you about baptism and all these things. And you just—I always loved coming to your class. I still—I still remember getting laughed at for saying I was eleven and a half because the half still mattered then, which we don't do now. It really right. is like, At the time, I was like, "That's normal." But my dad would always teach in the church growing up, and I loved sitting in his class. Um, but you know, I think when people hear "set apart," it often feels like it's impossible. It feels like um a like a rule or a law, but what I love is you you are saying, and this is how this is how I hear what you're saying, is that when you choose to, you know, live a life set apart, you're empowered to live freely and you're empowered. So how would you if if you were to and I love what you're saying too, whatever had to be used had to be clean. So for those who are tuning in who may feel a little bit like Ooh, about just the phrase set apart, how would you address that? from your life experience. Well, Wait, today's oh, his birthday yes. too. Happy his, birthday,
2: I'm his, 60 again.
0: No, you're not. He keeps telling people he's 60. <laughs> we had to tell him how old he really was. I think you- he... So
2: I, I made a mistake. I was-, I was uh, Doing a funeral. Offici- officiating a funeral for a family member Saturday and I said I would turn 60 and Jamie's like, no, 61. I was like, <laughs> gee, thanks Jamie. Yeah. I, I, this was the time and place to point that out to me in the, in the <laughs> middle of uh, the funeral. <laughs>
0: I didn't point out <laughs> okay. the middle. I put it at the end. I was like, Dad, okay. you, are, you are 60. You're turning 61. Yes. So now I've recognized right. you 61. Happy birthday. But anyways, right. back to, back to, uh, I'm going to have to poke fun at you while we're doing yes, this. Yeah. Not
2: a problem. So um, I think to be set apart, you have to uh, develop a resilient faith. Um, maybe a new term to get. I, I like know.
0: it. Tell us about resilient faith.
2: Um, so resilient, uh, the best way I know to describe it is if you go to Home Depot, to the paint department and say, I got a bunch of kids at home, they're gonna say, you need a resilient paint. What does that mean? <laughs> well, it means you can throw a lot of stuff at it. You can mark on the wall, you, you know, rub your hands across it with, with dirty hands and all you gotta do is take, a, take something and, and wash it off because the paint is resilient. You don't have to repaint. Uh, the wall because it's resilient and and will withstand a lot of things. Same thing with the the outside of your home. If you um, are going to paint the outside of your house, you first of all better get an outside paint. Mm -hmm. And secondly, buy the best paint that you can because it's very expensive to repaint the outside of your house and it has to withstand weather and drought Mm -hmm. and heat and moisture you know, yeah, uh, yeah. animals, it has to, has to be resilient, withstand all that. And especially right now, um, as we, um, are doing this episode, we're in the middle of this pandemic. Yes. Not only are we in the middle of a pandemic, but there's lots of different movements going on and there's People are burning down police stations, and there, there's a lot of riots. There's uh, and and there's a lot of confusion
1: mm-hmm.
2: in society about who am I. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's just a lot of noise. And and when you develop a resilient faith, I think it's like putting on a set of noise-canceling headphones. I like that. So that you can focus and hear wow. what God is saying. That's good. And you can hear the calling that you have. That's good. And you can focus on the gifts that God has given you. Yeah. And you can focus on finding a place to use those gifts um, because you're set apart to worship him and to worship him. We need to be using our our gifts and, um, and, and we need to be able to hear him amidst uh, all the, all the noise that's going on today in society.
0: I love that. You know, I, it's it's a crazy time where we can all, we're literally all in a season together. I don't know in my lifetime where we've all, except for 9-11, but for this amount of time, which 9-11 still comes up every year and we all remember the details of it. And I feel like this is a season where we remember so many things together with something we walked through together. And when I think about what you're saying, and I I was interviewing with one of my friends last night, and. I said, you know, the world is shouting while heaven is whispering right now. Mm-hmm. And so there's something about leaning into the Lord and there's something about understanding how you hear his voice. And, and I love this because, I mean, not to give away what you said. I mean, I don't want to overshare your life. But, you know, I've seen my dad go through a lot and hearing him say it's the journey. It's, it's not about the destination. It's about right now. It's about today. And so, being understanding that hearing the voice of God is a journey, you know, it's, there's ebbs and flows to the way He chooses to speak to you in and out of season. So, I think, I think, I, I think even now, I mean, I had COVID,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I actually came out of COVID knowing the Word more, more aware of His presence, more focused, and I had an assignment coming out of it because instead of like freaking out, vegging out, ignoring it, going numb. Mm -hmm. I chose to spend more time than usual with him, invite him into the pain, invite him to what I was experiencing. And I felt like he gave me an assignment. I came out, but that's not just for me. And you don't have to have COVID to do that. That could be for any of us.
1: Right. Right.
0: Yeah. So, okay. When you, when you're thinking about this time, like, you know, culture, we were talking about this a little bit before, but like you see culture right now and we need some mamas and daddies to step in and be like, I want to put you in timeout right now. <laughs> I feel like I feel like so many of us just. I'm glad I much. never
2: had to put you in time.
0: <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> never had to put me. No, in. <laughs> never. Um, but I I feel like there's a part of me like I'm in my 30s and I'm like, do I need to step in as a mom in America and tell everybody to like pull this? I'm I mean today. Jesus doesn't need to take the wheel. Jesus needs to pull over and smack some of you with his <laughs> flip-flop a few times.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyways, um, for those of you who are tuning in right now, this is my father. This is my dad. Hey. Um, I love the comments. And feel free to ask questions about being set apart. Okay. So how do you want to speak? How can we go a little further into this? Because you have an anointing for the word, and you have a, a teaching anointing, truly, that is just amazing to me. So just take us there. Oh, okay.
2: Well, I appreciate it. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> Um, so to build a resilient faith, um, the first thing we need is a good baseline. Um, you know, I'm wearing, I'm wearing a watch right now. This is a non-modern watch. It's a mechanical watch. And, um, you know, I am the standard for it. I set it to whatever time I want it to say. Right. And, uh, then it keeps a pretty good track of time. But our computers, our smartphones, our smartwatches are all tied to uh, the same clock, and that clock is in Boulder, Colorado. It's uh, called the NIST clock, which this is the, real. Yeah, which is the National Institute of Science and Technology. And what they found about that clock is um, they've been able to go 14 decimal places in measuring time. They're trying to get to 15 or 16. And every time they find a new decimal place, they learn something new about time. One thing they've learned is that with a mechanical watch, if I hold this watch above my head, time um, is different wow. than if I hold it at my waist. If you were to take that that laser clock that they have, it's, it's made with a bunch of lasers, mm-hmm. and put it at sea level, mm-hmm time goes at a different pace this is what einstein was talking about the relativity right the closer you get to the earth of the uh the core of the earth the different time goes the 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 closer you are to a mountain time is different than so if uh if we if we didn't have that nist clock and we were going off actual time none Mm -hmm. of us would actually have the same standard of what time it is. Right. So we all tie back to that NIST clock. And that's why your cable box and your smartphone and your Apple Watch will right. all change time at the exact same time, but my mechanical one doesn't because or my it's,
0: microwave or my oven. Or
2: your oven <laughs> or your microwave. You've got to set those manually. Right. Right? And so when your watch, I mean, when your Apple Watch or your phone or whatever changes, mm-hmm. and you look over at the stove and wonder why hasn't that changed yet, it's because it's not tied to the same standard. Right. That's the way life is. If we, if we're not tied to the same standard that God wants us tied to, mm-hmm. then anything goes.
1: Right.
2: What time is it? I'll just set my watch to whatever time I want it to be. Oh, you want to be here at one. Oh, I'm here at one. My watch says one. Your says one fifteen. I'm not fifteen minutes late. You're fifteen minutes early, right? Right. Okay. And that's the way it is with life. If we don't have the right baseline, we're not going to come up with the with the right results. Right. Okay. And especially when when um, when we're facing the type of adversity we are in society today.
1: Right.
2: It's really hard. With all the noise going on in society, to, to pick out where where is that NIST clock? Where is God? What yeah. is God saying? Because there's a million people with a million different opinions mm-hmm. uh, about what is right, what is wrong, what you should, what you shouldn't do. Um, it's
0: so loud. Yeah, it's and true, it's yeah. and
2: it's loud. It's deafening, and and um, you can
0: tell who's listening to what based off of how they are. <sighs>
2: Absolutely. Yeah. and What and, their baseline
0: is at the moment. Right.
2: And what is working and what doesn't work.
0: Right.
2: right. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, if, if, uh, if you're watching today and you've got a Bible and you want to turn it to the first song, let's, let's do that. Um,
1: let's do this.
2: Because the first song, we don't know who wrote it, but it's fascinating. This was somebody that was probably living during a time of a drought. Mhm. And as they looked around, they began uh, observing something. They saw there was this tree that was weathering this drought. It was awesome. Its leaves were green, it was producing fruit. The vegetation around it had turned brown, it was dry, it was brittle. When the wind came, the that that it it just blew that that vegetation away. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the tree had developed roots that went really deep,
1: yeah,
2: and the vegetation had roots that was really shallow, right? Okay, so if if we if we read the first psalm together, um, the the psalmist writes and he says, you know, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of wicked, uh, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law. He meditates day and night, and he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. Yes. Okay? Yes. The wicked are not so. They're listening to all the noise. They're like the chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Okay. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: What he's really describing here is the person that is meditating on God's word will be able to stand in adversity. Because the more you meditate on God's word, the deeper your spiritual roots go. And the more resilient your faith will be. Yes and um you know i don't want to confuse this with um, uh, uh people who can quote the bible like the pharisees did yeah. front to back yeah. they they can quote the entire bible from genesis all the way through maps they know every detail mm-hmm. every scripture every everything yes but they're dead on the inside yes okay and when we see that but it
0: sounds impressive because they it, know the word it sounds right. impressive which but, it is
2: yeah but they some people look at that and say well i'm not going to spend time in the word because i don't want to i don't want that outcome in my life right and you look at uh these folks and their personal lives and and, and all and there's no power there right. they're, they're empty right. okay um but here he says, a, a man who is meditating on God's word, not, you're not reading it. That, I think that's one of the things that's cool. in, in, a, um, in a good teacher. Mm-hmm. A good teacher is not uh, studying so that he can impart something to someone else. A good teacher is in the word. They're meditating on it. They're finding something that's excitement, exciting to them, mm-hmm. and can't wait to share that with others. Right. So when I teach, I tell people, "I'm, I, I didn't spend a lot of time on this, so that I'd know what to say to you. I spent a lot of time on this to spend time on me and make sure my roots are going deeper. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, when I have a breakthrough of some kind, or, or God shares uh, uh, something with me, right. I. I can't wait to share that with others.
0: Right. And even with that, like for me, there's times when I mean, I, the older I get, the more I value the word for sure. And I feel like even yes, it's for us to be able to be strong and prosperous for those around us. But it's also because he's still in this like it was written for our instruction today. It was written to help lead us and guide us for today. He knew we would read this and understand his character more and, and whatnot. And I also would say, too, not just, you know, the instruction for ourselves, but you find him when you read it. Like, you yes. know, like that he's so real. Because like you're saying, there's people who can quote scripture, but there's a difference between those who just know scripture, but also know scripture and him. And I think people who know him are like that bubbling out, having to share with other people from their gifts. So like your teaching gift comes alive when I see you like, reading the word you're encounter because because you also hear the lord and so he's giving you revelation as you read you could read the same chapter for three months and every time you read it you can see something different feel something different whatever that may be so i just wanted to point that out that's something else that i would say like yes but it's also you're probably getting into this sorry for cutting off but it's also like you know as, as young men and women as a millennial. I want to see a value for the word of God and I don't know how we can know him apart from it. Cause even, even with what's happening today, you know, there's the wisdom of the world, first Corinthians two wisdom of the world. And there's the wisdom of heaven and no one can discern what God is doing without the spirit of God and the wisdom of heaven. So no, eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has for them, except by the spirit of God. And so right now, if we're not in the word, you know, just like Jesus, when he came out of the wilderness for, 40 days, Satan stood in front of him and tried to use the word to entice him. Yeah, but the word means this. And Jesus knew it so well. He's, he, he he wasn't playing the trick. So even now the world could trick us into thinking something's heavenly and divine. But that's actually not. That's the twisting of the world and how the world is interpreting it. So I think I think that's another thing when you are meditating in it you know you become what you behold it makes it so much easier to be able to stand your ground in that baseline because you won't want the oven clock you want the you want the baseline clock you right,
2: know right so um you know as you know i went through some pretty m- mom and i went through some pretty tough uh, tough times the last two and a half or three years right. <clears throat> and when that first started I went to the word. I, I prayed a lot. Mm-hmm. I was, I was praying for wisdom. I was praying for direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got in the word and, and the, the first thing that came was that this scripture's feeding my anger.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And this is what I'm going to do. David killed Goliath. And mm-hmm. by golly, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. That was my anger talking. And I stayed in the word. I yeah. kept in the word. I kept reading the word. Yeah. And finally, I, I found one song, not the first song. It's a, it's a different song. Maybe we can share that for another time. Yeah. But every day for two and a half years, I read that song. Yeah. And it focused me on what was right. Not it wasn't what Tim wanted to do, but I knew loud and clear. So good, this is what God wanted me to do.
0: That's so good. And,
2: and if I didn't keep meditating on that, I, I like people that do the reading schedules and, you know, I get up at six o'clock every morning and this, you know, I'm going to read through the whole Bible. Great. That's not what this is talking about. Yeah. This is talking about somebody that, that, that really is trying to work uh, through something very difficult and stand in, in very um, intense adversity Yeah. And and so for two and a half years, every day, several times a day, many days, Mm -hmm. I read that to remind me of the direction God wanted me to take. And it overcame the direction that I wanted to take. Right. The word was more powerful than my will.
0: We need that. And 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 I, I mean, I know what you and mom went through together. They're fine, but they went through something together. And and what's amazing is, is even today, my dad's testimony, I'm rotting you out. I'm like, what was your favorite part of this past year? Cause it's his birthday for those who are tuning in. <laughs> um, and part of him just said, you know, just recognizing, like, I'm excited about what's next and I'm excited about the journey. Cause this isn't about a destination. This isn't about killing Goliath. You know, what's so fascinating even about this. I'm well, we could go, we could go here too, but you know, Did David ever know he would kill Goliath? You've talked to me a lot about the life of David and I love David. I think it's amazing. And oftentimes I'm like, I just feel like I'm where David was when he was out in the field. Like, I feel like that's where I'm at. And I know that I'm going to be a queen one day. And by that, I mean that promise is going to be fulfilled and I don't know how God's going to do it, but he's going to do it. And all I know is to be faithful. So it's, it's just even fascinating to know that in the journey, so many crazy adventures happen But because you've been meditating on the word, you're ready for it when it happens.
2: Right. So, you know, David was delivering groceries and a message, (laughs) and he heard Goliath shouting. Now, David's faith didn't just appear. (laughs) He just didn't draw the courage all of a sudden because he heard Goliath. Right. He had spent many nights uh, herding the sheep, learning to love the sheep. and and investing time in the sheep. And when something um, threatened the sheep, uh, I'm sure in the very beginning, he was probably chasing off a a fox or something, and then then maybe a wolf. But eventually, it was a lion and a bear. Mm -hmm. And because he had done all of those things over a long period of time, and his roots had gone really deep in his experience with the Lord, Goliath wasn't an issue. He didn't have to say, well, God, give me the strength to do this. So, Oh Lord. I No, he heard it said, I can take that guy. I killed yeah. a lion, a bear. Yeah. I, I have all this confidence yes. with God because of my experience with him over yeah. a long period of time.
0: And the way that David did it, isn't the way that somebody else would have done it. He had a unique gift yes. that he's been cultivating right? as a hobby. I don't know. Yeah. It was like, it's surreal to think. And, and I love what you were saying earlier too. just, um, about cultivating our gifts and the things as worship. You know, that just makes me think, you know, you're cultivating this time with God in the word and it is truly preparing you for that moment, whenever that random moment in many moments to come will be. Like what I do, the next America show that I just started. It's like, what we do today really affects what happens tomorrow and it really affects what happens five years from now. So we can either look back 10 years from now and be like, wow, I really wish I would have done that. I would have access the courage that we all have in mm-hmm. God to do that. Or, or I can look back and be like, I'm so glad I said yes to you there, God, because mm-hmm. what he did is, because what he did, he's the one that gets the glory. My goodness.
2: Right. So I, I wanted to talk a little more about, about the word and meditating yes. on the word. Go for okay. It. Yes. So why, why does the word word work? Why does it cause our roots to go yeah. deeper? Um, First of all, we're reading stories about great men of faith and men who didn't have faith. Um, we're, we're reading about the, the spiritual realm and the things that are taking place in the spirit,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, manifesting themselves in the physical world. Um, but, and, and we get a lot of great stories and draw like a lot of courage from that, but. Uh, just a little bit of Bible trivia here. Mm -hmm. Did you know that 90% of the medical terms in the New Testament are found in three books? Okay, really, and it's no shocker that one of them is Luke because Luke was a doctor Mm -hmm. and Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke. A third of all the medical terms are found there. Mm -hmm. Um, another third, not shocking. Is in the book of acts why because luke also wrote the book of acts mm-hmm. and when god speaks to us many times he speaks to us uh, or or we communicate things that god shows us uh, with things that are familiar to us so peter uses fishing terms uh, in in his letters right right you you know they're not translated that way most of the uh medical terms are so poorly translated because they're Ah, uh, translated by doctors of divinity rather than <laughs> medical doctors, right? And they 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 just don't capture the context of the field. If you were to get a medical doctor to to talk about some of these phrases, they would they would probably carry a much richer, deeper meaning to us, right? 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 Um, and and the last third um, is found in the book of Hebrews. Now we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews, but many Hebrews. scholars, yes. Feel like Luke was probably the author of Hebrews because he had such a rich Hebrew background, right. and whoever wrote that had had a great understanding of the Levitical system mm-hmm. and the sacrificial system, all of those things. But a third of all the medical terms in the New Testament are also found in the Book of Hebrews. I want to read one of those to you. If if you got your Bible again, uh, you know we're going to go to Hebrews chapter three and four here for just a minute. Um, but really what it takes him, takes the Hebrew writer. If it was Luke, let me refer to him as Luke. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it may not be the Luke. It might be a different Luke who was a doctor and had a Hebrew background. I don't know. Um, but he's writing a warning to us. And this is something else that I see today. Uh, Gen X millennials, millennials. Uh, even a lot of baby boomers who are trying to get back to the Lord yeah. who, who have left him and yeah. uh, listened to the noise of the world and gotten uh, caught up in something and it's just not working and they try to return home. And when they get there, they're looking for some sort of miracle. Uh, God, take this away from me. Heal this, do this. Right. They, I want all this stuff to happen to me instantly. Right. And the Hebrew writer says, hey, well, hang on just a second. Paraphrase. Okay? phrase. <laughs> yeah. Ha, hold that thought a minute, because as he talks in chapter three and chapter four, he talks about the children of Israel who saw more miracles, signs, and wonders than anybody on the planet. Uh, the ten plagues were incredible.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, they get to the Red Sea, they're trapped. The sea parts. they walk across on dry land, and then it closes behind them. Pillar of fire by night, pillar of cloud by day. Uh, We're thirsty. Okay, well, just walk over to that rock, and it'll give you water. (laughs) We're hungry. Uh, Every morning, just pick up uh, something to eat. It'll just be laying on the ground in the middle of the desert, okay? These people saw more miracles and signs and wonders than anyone, and yet they didn't believe. Yeah, they didn't they their roots never went deep, even though they saw all these miracles and signs and wonders. And the Hebrew writer says, hey, in chapter four, verse one, let us fear while a promise remains of entering his rest. Any one of you should seem to have come short of it, because um, uh, and and in chapter three, the last verse in chapter three says, those people didn't get to enter the promised land. They didn't get to enter his rest. Why? Because of unbelief. Yeah. They saw more miracles than they- God, show me a miracle. You know, Jesus um, uh, tells a story of a rich man named Lazarus, mm-hmm. and he walked by every day to this this guy who was paralyzed
1: mm-hmm.
2: and and begged for food, and they both died. And Lazarus looks up and he sees This man that he walked by every day recognizes him. And he's in Abraham's bosom. He has entered God's rest. The rich man has not. And the rich man says, I am so thirsty, God. Can you just can you just dip your finger? Have have him dip his finger in the water. Just just give me a drop of water. I'm so thirsty. No, there's there's a chasm here. There's there's a barrier between us. I can see you, but but I can't touch you. Well, then, please, can you can you send Lazarus to my father's house because I have five brothers, and tell them. Yeah. And Abraham says, "No, uh, if they saw a thousand miracles, it wouldn't cause them to believe. They have Moses and the prophets. They have the word. Yeah. That's there to generate this belief. Well, how does it do that? Um, Anyway, we're. I'll just jump straight to uh, Hebrews chapter 4. This is one of the medical terms. He says in chapter 4, verse 11, Let us, therefore, be diligent to enter that rest that people who saw the miracles and signs and wonders didn't enter. Yeah. Lest anyone fall through following the same example of disobedience. Now, this is a terrible translation coming up. Okay. Because again, it's translated by a doctor of divinity and not a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. But why does the word work? Why does it work if we're uh, if we're meditating on it? What's the power in it? And the Hebrew writer says, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword is what most translations say. But that's a terrible translation. This is a really small two-edged, very sharp knife. Right that a surgeon used in the first century to cut out a tumor or whatever. What he's going to be describing here is a surgery, and the word of God is the scalpel. That is a much better translation of this. So if we read it again, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any scalpel and piercing as far as the division of our soul and our spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of our heart. And there is no creature from his sight, but all things are open like you would in a surgery. You, right. you make an incision and you open it up so right. the surgeon can see and use the scalpel to take the things out of there that don't belong. Right. For us to have a resilient faith, part of what has to happen is we, we have to be in the word so that the mm-hmm. word can start working inside okay. us. And the word can start, God can take that scalpel of his word, We submit to it, he will start carving out the things that don't it's belong, okay. the things that the world says, oh, no, that should be there. No, it, it shouldn't. And, again, we go back to that baseline of God's word. Uh, you know, Paul, when he wrote to the Galatians, said the, the fruit of the spirit and the deeds of the flesh. What the word is doing is it's it's pounding out and cutting out the anger that we have and the resentment that we have and the lust that we have because it's it's causing us to take a really good look at ourselves james said the word of god's like a mirror
0: i love james
2: you know and um so anyway it it's it's very powerful as as a tool that we need to be set apart and truly become sanctified because it helps us yes. develop a resilient faith. Right. It gets rid of the noise that the world is trying to communicate to us. Yeah. And and it gives us that connectivity back to the right clock.
0: Yes, that's so good. So
2: that we know what the correct time is and we're on God's time yes. frame. That's good. And not ours.
0: That's really good.
2: Um so, anyway, that, that's I what that. I wanted to share tonight. I think, yes. I
0: think that's powerful. And, you know, it, it reminds me sitting here thinking, you know, the narrow path in Matthew when he says that few choose the narrow path. You know, the main path is broad, so many choose it, but few find the narrow path. And I think about, you know, with the Israelites, how many people, not that we can judge that, do you think chose the narrow path? Like choosing the narrow path and choosing to be set apart, it's not always easy. And he even warns us about it in James. And what I love, too, is, um, you know, my dad and I were talking recently just about how, like, God gives us courage to face adversary, adversity and persecution. And but he, he never said and he warned us that it would happen and that it would come. And I believe, I mean, Jesus in his in the purest form, I mean, the world, the ways of the world put him on the cross. And if we're not careful and we're not rooted in this. We won't know what he's doing and when he's doing it. And so I love that because even my dad saying earlier, you know, he was angry and he was reading it from this place of angry, but he kept reading it. And then the Lord began to soften and course direct and remind him of who he is, remind him of who God is, and then really position him to be in this place that is That is exuding the fruits of the spirit, because that is the life that we should have. And if you struggle with, you know, not having patience, not having kindness, not having peace, all of all of the all of the things, Mm -hmm. then the word is a great place to find it and invite him into it. You know, invite him into it. Lord, show me your word. Show me where you are in your word and and help me understand. Two. hmm
2: that people understand I'm not telling you not to seek miracles.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: I'm not saying God doesn't perform them today. Yeah. Nobody enjoys a good miracle better than I do. <laughs> Nobody enjoys a better story of someone saying, this is what God did for me. Yeah. Um, God God uh, took my addiction from me. God, <clears throat> um, you know, is it, it, starting to heal my marriage or whatever. Yeah. Those things are powerful. Yeah. And it's certainly something God wants to do.
0: I was healed of depression. Yeah. So right,
2: and so um, you know, I I don't know who all's listening tonight, but uh, or today, Mm -hmm. whenever you're listening to this, but if you're trying to get back to God, um, if you're looking for a path back, if if the world isn't working for you, and you want you want to give God a chance. He's waiting for you. Yeah. Okay. And one of the things that I would suggest if you're looking for something to read over and over and over again, something to help bring you back to him mm-hmm. and something that will start cleansing that. David said after he uh he uh had a a really went through a really terrible time in his life and and uh, killed Uriah basically and and had an affair with Bathsheba and it just wasn't working. The guilt, the depression, yeah. that sin creates in us. Right. And he finally said, you know, Lord created me a clean heart, a new heart. Not, don't take my heart and start
1: yeah. brushing
2: it off. I need mm-hmm. a new one. And, and God gave him a new heart.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And tonight, if you're looking for that heart, um, I want you to, to read the Gospel of John. The gospel of just was designed to create belief. Uh John wrote this that you may believe and in, in right. believing have eternal life.
1: Right.
2: And I suggest that you read that and read it again mm-hmm. and read it again mm-hmm. and slow down. Don't try to get through it.
1: Yeah.
2: Don't try to get through this chapter. But continue to read that and to and 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 let the word start marinating inside you. Mm-hmm. Um, meditate on it, um, and and pray that that God will open up and start using the word to take the things out of you that are causing your spirit to be unhealthy.
0: Yeah.
2: So that's what I challenge you with tonight.
0: That's awesome. That's so good, Dad. I love it. And my dad has. Uh, he's a Bible scholar. He's really studied the word and went to school. And so when he unleashes it, I think it's unbelievable because it's things that, what I love is God created all of us to learn from one another. I do not have to have the same skill set my dad has. He's a teacher can dissect the word and regurgitate it in a way that I never can and never will. But that's because that's the way he's made to do it. And so I hope you're as blessed as I am by my dad. I mean, even for you, who are listening right now or tuning in right now, um God does give us a new heart. And and I can share my story about that with you guys in an episode. But you know, take that, take that opportunity to receive a new heart. And there's somebody there's somebody asked a question and then we're gonna pray okay. and peace out. But there this you. is a quirky question. Okay. So it might change the mood a little bit. Jamie Lynn. Would you please ask your dad, Tim Spires, what if anything stood out to him while you were growing up that connect to what you are doing now and who he sees you becoming in the future?
2: So Jamie has, um, has a twin sister. I do. don't know if you knew that or not. So sometimes it's Holly doing this instead of Jamie and you just don't know.
0: (laughs) Surprise. We're fraternal. We're fraternal.
2: Yeah. Um, (laughs) Uh no, but I did I did want to say really quickly, I'll yes. I'll answer that here yeah. in just a second. But um you know, we all have gifts. I I I do feel like my gift is teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and and all of us are necessary for the body as a whole to be to be very healthy.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh I love hearing Corey Russell pray. <laughs> yes. Uh here's a man who has steeped his life in prayer and, mm-hmm. and had some adversity, some okay. some pretty Uh, intense adversity along the way. Mm -hmm. He's still standing. He's still overcoming. I love hearing, um, Michael Miller talk about worship and presence and and God's presence, Mm -hmm. um, and encouraging all of us at, at the church that we attend uh to be sure that we're present with god and 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 how important that is to be there as well yeah uh, it's a real gift and and he has been very faithful to that calling of, of getting us back there
1: yeah.
2: uh, i've got another friend uh, lee thompson who is constantly he, he went from the penthouse to the outhouse
0: so <laughs> sounds like heidi baker yeah the one i went to right with. yeah
2: and And he, he has no shame about it. He has, he's very honest and open about it. Yeah. And, and he, his testimony is so powerful Mm -hmm. on, on when, when God is after you and, and you finally slow down enough for him to catch you Mm -hmm. how powerful that is. And he's gone through this tremendous transformation process and got another friend, Nick, Nick Foley, who's, Mm -hmm constantly reminding us the importance of God's spirit. You yes. know, it takes all of this for the body to be to be whole. Mm-hmm. I do a very small part of this. And I mm-hmm. want to encourage you to to try to find your gift. Yeah. And when you find it, find a place to use it. Yeah. You know.
0: It's a way to serve the body.
2: Yeah. So Jamie, um Jamie growing up was was always um was always different. She she is the
1: What's that be? I'm just kidding. Yeah.
2: Um <laughs> But really, she she always strove to be uh, the best. Whatever she did, she wanted to be the best at it. Okay. And okay. she was the student council president, the president of the senior class, Miss ACU at uh, at in college. Um, she's just had this this uh, this gift of leadership and and communication, and she has a gazillion friends.
1: It's a good number.
2: Yeah. Um, and, but she does. And when you see Jamie, you feel like you're her best friend. She just, she has that, that gift. Um, and, and it's great that this gift of encouragement or whatever, I'm just the opposite. I have, I don't have a gazillion friends. I have two or three close friends mm-hmm. and that's it. And, and that's, that's, what I want to pour myself into that. Right. 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 Not that you don't have close friends. Right. You do, I do yeah. you know, But um, I I saw that at at a very early age. And then I saw Jamie. uh, She didn't hang out with, even though she was popular, she didn't necessarily hang out with the popular crowd. She always chose her friends very well. And that speaks volumes. Um, And um, anyway, so Jamie, I think, has always felt like she was set apart. Uh, not just from uh, from a spiritual standpoint, but also a leadership standpoint, and and you see her uh, really trying to reach out and and uh, bless other people's lives with her communication leadership and her spiritual gift.
0: Thank you, Dad. I love it. I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you. That means a lot. And I have to say too, you know, it's um, you know, Deborah Deborah Peterson says hi, Tim. Good to see you. <laughs> um and uh, Kyle says, I've been watching Corey Russell's Bible study videos on the Book of John on YouTube. they're so good yes good um you know I, I have to say it's it's amazing to you know if if you need prayer, please message me because I take that very seriously. My dad's the one who led me to the Lord and raised me to know him and gave me a very strong, safe foundation. I'm really grateful for my family. My parents are married have a great marriage and we have a great family unit. We love one another and we really value family and above that we value the Lord. And if anybody asked me today, what I loved, I would say the Lord, family and my neighbors. And I think that's really important for us to understand. And so you got to hear from the man who led me into all that today. And so I, I'd blame to, me. yeah, yeah. Blame my dad. And if you think, if you think that anything I share is ridiculous, blame my dad. If you think it's amazing, you can praise my dad.
2: awesome (laughs) Um,
0: also uh, for you guys tuning in let me know what you want to hear more from what would you like my dad to unleash more in the word of God because there's amazing things I'll keep bringing them on I think it's really powerful but um, and he's getting ready to gear up to share more in unique ways and I'll let you know when that happens but little plot twist little what is it called little teaser whatever it's called what do you call it Yep. Teaser. Teaser. I like it. Little trailer. That's yeah. not the trailer. It's a teaser before the trailer. Okay. Anyways, you are so loved. So dad, why don't you pray? And then we will get on out of here.
2: Father, thank you for uh, preserving your word and giving us all access to it. Yeah. Um, What a terrific era we live in where we have uh, technology that your word is uh, there at our fingertips. We carry it in our hip pocket and on our phones or in a bound copy. Um, and Father, I thank you for the power of your word. And I thank you that um, you help us build a resilient faith and you're working there with us and your spirit is, is alive and well in us as, as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, helping us uh, as our spiritual conscience and and providing power for us to uh, to help uh, overcome the world and, and transform our, our minds and our our hearts. And I just pray that you help us as we walk through our day to mm-hmm. recognize opportunities we have to glorify you and worship you and praise you and just make you proud of us yes. as our, in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Thank you, Dad. I love mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. If you want more information, please make sure that you're following my Facebook page, Jamie Lynn Walnow, where you can catch new episodes of my new show called The Next America, where we discuss as Christians, what is happening? What is the Lord doing? Why do we need to register to vote? We want to help educate you in a beautiful way and encourage you as a believer to exercise your right to vote and just, we're not going to tell you who to vote for, but we're going to hand, hand you really powerful factual information to help you make an educated decision and think for yourself. And then also subscribe to my podcast set apart with Jamie Lynn wall. Now go leave a written review, share it with your friends. Thank you for tuning in. Go go subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm just trying to reach everybody at every social media point there is, I guess. But Mm -hmm. I love you so much. You are so amazing. And don't forget the baseline that my dad was sharing on today's episode. We've got to find it in the Word. Is the best place. And as a Christian, we when we chose to follow Jesus, we chose for Him to be our standard bearer, for Him to be the standard, for Him to be our baseline. And we have to find it in His Word. And and through prayer and relationship. And we can talk about prayer and relationship on another episode. But thanks, Dad. Thank you. Thank you. Love you guys.